I greet you tonight in the name of Jesus, the Holy One of God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Our subject tonight is holiness, and I tremble before you, knowing that in the presence of the holiness of God, not a one of us could stand outside of the merit of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Holy One of God. We invite Him to be our protection tonight, to be our life tonight, to be our hope tonight, to be our way to Him into the holiness of God tonight. Holiness, the idea of holiness, we might say, originates in the revealed character of God and is transferred to, to people, uh, to places, or to things. So let's have a little exercise. Uh, how many of you can think of something in the Bible that's got the word holy in front of it? Just go ahead and say it out. Holy is the Lord. The Lord. Say again. The Holy Ghost. Holy of Holies. Holy of Holies. So this, this transfer of holiness is, is to a lot of things in the Bible, and I think I'll just go through some of those. You see if you recognize some of these. Holy ground. Holy scriptures. Holy nation. Holy garments. Holy gifts. Holy ointment. Holy anointing, holy oil, holy sanctuary, holy name, holy water, holy lamb, holy instruments, holy seed, holy city, holy day, holy promise, holy oblation, holy covenant, holy temple, holy land, holy angels, holy prophets, holy father, holy child, Holy kiss, holy apostles, holy hands, holy brethren, holy women, holy men, holy people. Holiness is transferred to people, places, and things through the Bible. So tonight we are here to talk about holiness and what is God's purpose in holiness as we think about our homes setting on God's word the actual foundation and purpose for the home and we're going to see that moving into holiness. God is holy. It means he's set apart from everything that is not God. Holiness. I thought a little bit tonight about doing it this way. Um, we want to be 
W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy, holy. Holy, holy. That's what, in essence, the call is about, is being holy, holy. I want to look at it that way tonight. The Word of God stands open on our table tonight, and it says words like this in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 15. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And outside the holiness of God, we could not, sometimes people have the idea, well, that God is just someone that, that he's just got you cramped and he's got you put in a box and you can't have any enjoyment and you can't have any pleasure. And tonight I present to you, it's exactly the opposite. Outside of being holy, there is impossible for any one of us to fellowship in the presence of God. I could not stand, you could not stand, your children could not stand in the presence of God outside of his holiness. We can't have fellowship with God outside of holiness. The story is told of a man in a village that had a house for sale and it was one of the nicest house, houses in the village. And so they went through the process of selling and the buyer and everything. They made their agreement. And right as they were coming to the closing, the owner of the house... Before he sold it, he says, oh, he says, there's just one thing. He says, there is one nail, just one nail in this house that I am going to retain the ownership of. Everything is yours except for just one nail. And so they looked at the house. They thought about the situation. It seemed like, you know, you take a house that's full of nails. I did some looking the other day. I think I read there was about 10,000 nails in a house per, per thousand square feet. I don't know if that's right or not, but that's a lot of nails. So what's one nail out of, out of 10 or 15 or 20,000 nails? So they said, okay, we'll just, that's all right. We'll leave it that way. And so this man retained ownership of one nail. Well, the people moved in their house, and about one week later, here came the former owner. And he knocked on the door, and he said, well, he just wanted to hang his coat on the nail. Well, the people that bought the house, you know, it's his coat, it's his nail, so after all, I guess he should hang his coat on the nail. So, sure, he hung his coat on the nail. Well, about a week went past and the former owner came past again and he said he came to get his coat. But this time he had a piece of meat that he wanted to hang on the nail. So they thought it was a little strange, but after all, it was his meat, it was his nail. And so they 
go ahead, you can hang the piece of meat on the nail. Well, you all know what happens to a piece of raw meat when you just let it hang on a nail. Well, day after day went past and this thing was rancid and it was almost more than they could bear. And I think the story goes about another week later, here come the owner of the house to get his rancid piece of meat. They were so glad to see him come and get his, his uh, rancid piece of meat. But this time, the former homeowner, he took the rancid piece of meat off of the nail and he hung a dead, slimy snake on the nail. And with that, the new owners moved out and the former owner moved back in. Tonight, when we talk about the holiness of God, is there a nail? God is holy. He's all holy. He's calling us to complete holiness. And as we go through this message tonight, let the Holy Spirit put the searchlight through our hearts. Is there a nail? Just one nail. It's about holy being holy. All being surrendered to him. All being given to him. All being claimed by him. Not a nail. Not a nail. Left for the enemy to claim. So tonight we want to look at the goal of this message is to pursue holiness. The pursuit of personal holiness, to pursue lives of personal holiness. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 2, there is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. And remember 1 Peter 1, 15 says that he which hath called thee is holy, so be thou holy in all matter of conversations. As it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. So the goal of this message is to pursue holiness in our homes, as our individuals, as marriages, and as families, and as a church. To run swift, to grasp a hold of holiness. And I'm not talking about something that's just intellectual, something that's conceptual, uh, something that's just theological, but practical. To pursue lives of personal holiness. It's, it's something that we live. It's a way of life. It's a lifestyle. It's operational. It's something that we grow in. It's something we conform in. Something we transform to into the image of God. Holiness, acknowledge. I can't see God without it. I cannot ignore holiness tonight. I cannot go around holiness tonight. I cannot substitute holiness tonight. We must choose holiness for our marriages and for our lives. I don't know how it is in your house. Maybe it's not so much nowadays. But as I grew up, there were certain things in our house, in my mother's house, that you only seen when company, it only come out when company come. 
It was just things you didn't mess with, things you didn't touch, things you didn't play with, things that were not common. They were not, or, they were not ordinary. They were special for company. And uh, that's the way it is. God is, is uh, holiness is when we're set apart. God is holy, set apart from everything that is, that is not God. And so that makes him pretty unique. Right, And he transfers that holiness into people and into things, into places. It's set aside for special purpose. And your home on purpose, that is by design and not by default, as Kent said, is set apart for something that is special. It is special anointed for the Lord. And so it's not about just coming here and, and talking some spiritual talk for three days. It's about being the real deal and continually teach that we are set apart. Well, why is this so important? Because there's a Bible verse I'll open tonight in the Bible, and it says something like this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Why is this so important? The Holy Bible says to follow peace with all men and, say it, holiness, holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. I'll read it again. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And sometimes when we work with people, we work with situations, we work in, in marriages, we work. you say, well, I just can't see it. I just can't get it. I just can't, you know, it works for you, but it doesn't for me. And we always wonder about running that finger around. What is going on in the life? Is there a blindfold? Is there something going on where you just can't see God? No man can see the Lord. I take it pretty literal that even now I just can't see it. I just can't discern it. I can't. It, because I'm not choosing holiness. I, I'm not passionate about holiness. And so I just can't see the Lord. I got him all blocked out. Uh, without holiness, no man can see the Lord. Uh, a few days ago, I just looked out. as mowing the lawn. And I looked out. And I couldn't believe my eyes. A car, a car just uh, plunged down in the ditch right in front of our house. And so I went out there as quick as I could. And and uh, the car never upset. He was, he, was, uh, he was all hooked up down in the bottom of the ditch. He was very frustrated. And uh, uh, long story short, I went to the house, got him a lawn chair, got him an umbrella for his head to get out of the sun, and kneeled down beside him while waiting for the law to come. And this man was just completely wasted as far as... Uh, why this have to happen? This is a terrible thing for me today. I'm over from another area, and, then, and I'm, 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 uh, I'm all messed up in my life. I'm not going to give you too many details. And I said this to the man. I said, you know, just think what a blessing it is. You just stopped short. Just stop short of the uh, uh, light pole. I said, uh, you could have been dead. We wouldn't have been having this conversation. And he looked at me and he said, oh, I wish I would have hit that pole. He has no reason to live. We prayed, we talked. He said, I know it's all right, but I just can't get it without holiness. No man shall see the Lord. 
of certainly nobody comes to the Lord holy, but when we come repenting, when we come confessing, when we come in humility, God knocks off those blinders and we can see as we were made to see. Well, tonight I'd just like to look at three areas. Uh, consider holiness, the spirit of holiness, and number two, the way of holiness, and number three, the beauty of holiness. <clears throat> so let's look at number one, the spirit of holiness. Read in the book of Romans, and this may be stretching a bit, but I think that I get some life from this. It says that Jesus Christ declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness. So Jesus Christ, as he, as he was in the tomb, uh, 13, verse 13, ahead of that in Romans 1, talks about Jesus Christ being of the seed of David, affirms that he indeed was a man, was a person, and that he was raised up from the dead, raised up from the dead by the spirit of holiness. So Jesus was crucified for our sins. He was buried for our sins, and it was impossible that death could hold him because God raised him up with the spirit of holiness. The prophecies come true, and what it means tonight, I simply get this from this. This fleshly body that lay in the tomb was overcome and raised up by the spirit of holiness. I give us this tonight as encouragement, that as we come here, we deal with things in our flesh we can be raised up by the spirit of holiness, raised up out of anything that is distracting me or causing me to um, not see the, what I should be seeing. And as flesh, my life can now be overcome, overpowered by the Holy Spirit. Well, what is all this for? It is to raise up spiritual appetites. That's what I'm concerned about tonight that the spirit of holiness will come through this room and beginning with me, raise up spiritual appetites, uh, alertness. You know, sometimes holiness, holiness is not about just being happy. Holiness is, uh, in our marriage, holiness comes along. I see it various times. It almost happened on the way up here tonight. Uh, uh, Judy is driving, and, and uh, one of us thought the road was here, and one of us thought it was a little farther, and, and one of us was ready to stop, and one of us was ready to go on. And, uh, you know, the spirit of holiness brought us together, and we had oneness of spirit. But uh, for just a bit there, uh, I wasn't sure. Uh, we, anyhow, I, I think about raising up our spiritual appetite in the area of oneness of spirit. That's vitally important in a marriage and a home. That's not just about, well, okay, I'm going to do it because dad said to do it. I'm going to do it because mom says to do it. Or I'm going to do it because he's, you know, it's to be able to come together in the spirit of holiness. The spirit of holiness can raise up that oneness of spirit. Uh, oftentimes, sometimes in, in family devotions, I've just found it that 
like, oh, and still to this day, like, oh, we're too tired. Oh, it's too late. Well, we kind of had it over there. You know, it's just like, okay, spirit of holiness, raise this thing up. Raise up my appetite. Raise up my appetite for unity and for oneness in your spirit. I think about it when brothers get up, you know, on Saturday morning, all oh, brothers meeting, or all oh, the brothers are meeting. Oh, I don't know. I've had a pretty busy week. You know, I don't know. Can that spirit of holiness just, just raise us up a little bit more? Or a sister's meeting, you know, the sisters are meeting. Uh, or, or we're having Bible studies or whatever it is. Or we need to have fellowship. We need to have some, some company in our home. We need to have the spirit of hospitality in our home. May the whole spirit of holiness just raise us up. Just raise up that appetite. I just see that as a great blessing. In other words, no more facade. Now, I'm not talking about, you think, well, well all Merle's talking about is you just, you just live right and do right and you'll be holy. I'm not talking about that. Listen, I'm saying holy, holy, holy. I'm not saying moral, moral, moral. I believe holy, morality comes out of holiness, but you don't gear up holiness and raise up holiness out of morality. Morality is the byproduct. Morality is the, fruit, is the fruit of holiness. And so I'm not saying that tonight. I'm just saying may the spirit of holiness raise up our spiritual appetites because it is foundational for individuals. It is foundational for marriages and for families and for churches. The spirit of holiness. Um, I don't know how it is with you in family life and, and child training, but there's just times that, that uh, it's, it, it's just like there's a song we sing sometimes when life's water, uh, about turning the water into wine. And, and we need that. To me, it's the spirit of holiness coming in and, and booing that up. Uh, there's times in, our, in our, uh, our churches and so forth that we just need that spirit of holiness to, to raise us up and... Uh, our attitudes and so forth and so on. There's one thing I want to say about these things here that they all have in common. Uh, individuals, marriages, families, and churches. If you look at them, they all have an, a fleshly side to them. So you can just be a fleshly individual and probably get along so-so. You can have a fleshly marriage and kind of get along so-so. And you kind of have a fleshly family and get along so-so. But all these fleshly things also have the capacity to be spiritual. And that's what the blessing is tonight with the spirit of holiness is that all can, the spirit of holiness can be infused into these by faith, uh, repentance, and confession, and, and claiming through the work of Jesus Christ, we can now have a raised up individual, a raised up marriage, a raised up family, a raised up church. And so I'm saying tonight that that foundational for holiness is the spirit of holiness. Well, I'm going to move on now to the second thing, and we're going to call this number two, the way of holiness. And I'd like to get this out of Isaiah chapter 35, verse 8. Isaiah 35, verse 8, as the prophecy is coming forth of... of uh, redemption and captives being freed and so forth. Um, Isaiah 35, verse 8, and it says, And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. 
the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. And he goes on and tells what shall be in it. No lion, no beast. I mean, it's just going to be a good way. It, it, it's the way of holiness. And so we're going to look at this tonight. The way of holiness, I'm going to break it down like this, is number one, I'm going to say, is a promised way. All right? The way of holiness. So we've had the, uh, the spirit of holiness comes in bringing, bringing life, bringing breath, bringing a raising up. And now we need a way. Well, we have a way, we have the way, we have the truth, we have the life, and it's a narrow way, the Bible says, but it is a promised way. And I'm going to stick here with the prophecy. It's a way for the captives. It gives the captives hope. I believe that the way of holiness tonight gives us hope. I believe it gives our, our churches hope. It gives our homes hope. It gives our, our families hope. It gives individuals hope. It is a way that gives hope. It's a way of opportunity. As it was cut through the desert, it talked about the, the, the high places being brought down, the low places being brought up. There's going to be a way. Uh, it, we're calling it tonight the way of holiness. It's a way of blessing. It's a way of escape uh, of the desert. It's a way of singing. It's a way when weak people become strong. It's a way from the, from the desert to water. It's a way from, from sandy substance to pools of water. It is a way. It is a way of relief. Uh, the lame can come in the way, and they can go out leaping out of the way. It is the way of holiness. It's a blessed way tonight. It's a promised way. So I say tonight to those of us that have families, uh, children, uh, individuals, there is a way uh, of holiness. It is a highway. It's been raised up. And it's, it's not just something you get by with. It's not something you just struggle with. It's something, something you just barely make it on. It's a highway. It's a victorious way in Christ, in the Holy Spirit, in the, in the holiness of God. It is a highway. It is above. It is beyond. It is, it is something that raises up. The low stuff is building it up. And it's a separate way. Uh, it's separate from the world. Our homeland, as we say, is in heaven. Uh, our homeland is, is not in this world. It is, uh, the world is not our home. It is a separate way. It is, it's, it, it's just a, a separate way. And it's a narrow way. Christ is the only way. He's our only hope. Uh, no sinner is going to be in that way outside of being cleansed by the blood of Christ and, and filled with the Holy Spirit. It is a narrow way, a way for us to come to God. And as last of all, it is a safe way. It says uh, that there's no demon. It says no, no, uh, no beast, uh, no lions, no powers. Uh, if God be for us, who can be against us? It's, it is a safe way. It's a way that you can trust tonight. That is the way. And that way, the way of holiness is foundational for dedicating our homes, uh, communicating in our homes, and demonstrating in the world. And I don't know whether, how many of you, um, ha, I don't know, I'll just ask you, has, has anybody in here, have you ever had a home dedication where you went uh, through your house and you just dedicated your house to the Lord? Amen. Well, um, in, in, sorry to say, that's not a real popular thing in, in our culture. Uh, there's not a lot of hands went up here. But uh, 
in, in the years that Judy and I have worked away, uh, not a bit uncommon, not a bit uncommon to gather the church together in, in a community at night or morning or wherever uh, before someone moves in the house and, or when someone takes up a rental and say, you know what? We don't know who lived here before we lived here. We don't know how many sins our forefathers have committed in this place. We don't know how many generational layers of Buddhism have been in this place or Hinduism over in the other countries. We don't know. We'll cleanse this place and they'll put someone on the roof and someone at the four corners of the property and someone in the bathroom and someone in the bedroom, someone on the rooftop and someone in the front yard, in the backyard, the side yard and just comb that place in dedication and prayer and claim it to the blood of Christ. And I believe tonight that we need to be very serious at looking at the way of holiness as a foundation for dedicating our, our homes to the Lord. I don't know anything about your homes or, or, or where you're living or the ground you're living on or on and on and on. And I'm not being superstitious. I'm just being for real. Uh, the demons claim areas for themselves. And we think about we go into a motel room, hardly ever go into a motel room. Uh, uh, one time I went into a motel room and looked up and there was a picture of Buddha on the wall. And I started to take it down. And I thought, no, wait a minute. I'm just giving that thing power that it doesn't even have. I don't need to take that thing down. You need to claim the room for the Lord Jesus and put the blood on the doorpost and the blood on the lintel and claim his spirit to bring life and sanctity and dedicated dedication into this room. So think about dedicating your homes uh, to the Lord. Um, I, I really got interested, and I'm not going to go down this trail, but in the Bible... You could, you could dedicate your house to the, uh, to the temple, uh, to the priest. And the, Leviticus tells about what to do. The priest would come along. He'd kind of go through your house and, and he'd kind of like, uh, I don't know what you call him, like an appraiser. He'd go through your house and he'd check it all out. He'd assign it a certain value and so forth and, and check things off. And it was just interesting. And that thing was dedicated then to the Lord. The money, they could sell it or they could rent it or whatever. They would, it was dedicated to the Lord. But think about that. Uh, holiness. Uh, holy, that, that holy transmission to things and to, and to uh, places. Uh, our homes can be homes on purpose because they're dedicated to the Lord. Holiness. Uh, the way of holiness is also a way for communication. As couples and families, um, we, need a, we, we need good communication. Uh, the highway of communication. Uh, the, it's a promised way. It's a separate way, um, so forth. And uh, also in demonstrating holiness out to others in your homes. Talking about the way of holiness. I don't know what you do in your homes, like for uh, entertainment. Um, is, is, is your home really a way of holiness? Like, okay, this is it. This is the way. This is the way of holiness. We got it all lined out. Our home is going to be a way to holiness. Uh, recently, we, we was at a place, and uh, there was children there, and there was someone else there, and, and uh, neither one of them were there in their own homes, and somebody got their smartphone out, and they've got children begin to get around the smartphone, and the papa said, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not doing that, my children. Sorry. He made a hard call. And with utmost respect... He didn't have any idea what these children are going to be looking on somebody else's phone. 
He just made the hard call. And I respected him for that. Just, just demonstrating holiness in our homes. You may have to make some hard calls. Uh, I don't know. See, we, sometimes you might have this happen. Uh, well, a relative calls and says, hey, uh, you know, um, we know you don't do the rodeo or you don't do the theater or whatever, but, but, but we do, and we'd like to take your children with us. Kind of give your children a special treat, you know? Get them out a little bit in the world. I say, you know what? Thank you for calling, but here's the way it works at our house. If it doesn't work for us, it's not going to work for our children. Just demonstrating that holiness, being willing to take the hard call. It's not just like, well, they've got a separate standard and we've got a separate standard. And I could go into that more and more. You just think about it. Demonstrating holiness, being consistent in it, and so forth. Um, And so forth. Uh, It goes for the way you dress your children or anything. You know, what, what... well, so if I need to be modest because I'm a Christian, does that mean I dress my children immodestly? I don't know. Does that demonstrate holiness? Think about it. Pray about it. Uh, demonstrating the way of holiness. Let's move on. Let's talk about the beauty of holiness. I wish that thing was singing. Uh, we, I didn't get it that way. But uh, I do have that on song at home somewhere. And, you know, God has big plans for our little ones. And some of you have seen this before. But the reference here, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21, is when uh, Jehoshaphat was going out to meet the armies. And you know, he was just distraught before God. He didn't know what to do. And he says to the Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And so the, the word came to Jehoshaphat, well, you just set singers out there before the, uh, the army and it'll be okay. And... Uh, and here, this is what it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21. When he consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness. There is beauty in holiness. And so these singers go out and they're praising the beauty of holiness. Praising the beauty of holiness. Psalm 29, 2. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Psalm 96 and 9. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And I say, who are those that are going to be appointed as the singers of the beauty of holiness? It's your children tonight. Your children, by the grace of God, by environment that you're creating, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, are going to be the beauty of holiness singers as they storm the gates of hell, as they build upon the rock the Lord Jesus Christ, a church that the gates of hell could not prevail against. Those are your children. And some of us are older grandchildren. That they will operate in the beauty of holiness. I I like the way it starts out. The spirit of holiness brings the life. The way of holiness makes a way. And then they can live and operate and flow in the beauty of holiness. It is absolutely beautiful for them. The beauty of holiness is foundational for relationships. And I began reading yesterday about marriage. I was sharing with my wife in in Hebrews about, about marriage is honorable. Hebrews 13 and 5, and the bed is undefiled. And you know, I was just sharing the the beauty that God has built in marriage. 
and the beauty of holiness that you cannot naysay against, the world cannot naysay against, the beauty that God has built in a marriage and a bed of holiness, in a life of holiness, in a walk of holiness. It's beauty. It's just beauty and holiness. I believe that a, a godly marriage is, is a, a beauty of holiness. You know, after all, uh, a marriage is an allegory of, of the greater picture of Christ and the church. So why wouldn't it be beautiful? As uh, we agree that it is tonight. Marriage, uh, sharing the pain, sharing the fear, sharing loss, sharing emotions. Sometimes it's pretty difficult, but it's beauty and holiness if, if we persevere. And surrender. Uh, I wonder about this. Oftentimes, I think the beauty of holiness, it's not all just about uh, uh, fun and games, but it calls us to surrender. And we go to hard places in our marriages and so forth. And... Uh, do we, and, and we're called to places where, you know, I'm sorry, I'm wrong, I made a mistake. And uh, I don't know how, with, about your spouse, whether you would say that your spouse is as quick to forgive you as uh, they are to receive forgiveness from God. I, mean, I think that's a good test. I, I ask that to myself. Do I forgive my wife as readily as I receive God's forgiveness to me when I go to him for for uh, confession and failure. Um, it's just, a, it's, the beauty of holiness is foundational for surrender. <clears throat> and here's another one. The beauty of holiness is foundational for worship. And is there anything in your home that hinders your worship? Uh, I can still remember going to Pete Morellis is over in Montana one day, and, and some, something about worship, and I tell you what, the uh, children climb the, book, the bookcases to get the books down, and you know, I just, I haven't forgot that. Just that, it is an alive, uh, just a spirit of life, it's devotional time, it's worship time, and it's the beauty of holiness, and, the, and, and our homes when worship dies, uh, we need the spirit of holiness to come back to life. We need to get back on the way of holiness, back to the beauty of holiness. In our churches, when worship dies, we need the spirit of holiness get back on the way of holiness to arrive at the beauty of holiness because the beauty of holiness is in worship and worship and worship and worship is the beauty of holiness. I just love this back here in the, the book of, of Isaiah chapter 6 when, uh, when Isaiah is, is in the throne room or he's got, a, he's, he's got a vision of the throne room and it says, it says the train, God's train filled the temple. I, I don't know what this would be like. It'd be like, I even hate to say anything because I'll make it too small, but it'd be like God just flowing out the doors and out the windows and all the way down to Yakima and all the way. I mean, where would God's train really end? 
You know, we think about some little train on some, little, some woman that walks down the aisle somewhere, and I think this thing is a gloriously magnificent thing. And Isaiah says, woe, woe, woe is me. And, uh, and, and then, then he took up this cry, and he says, he heard the angels cry one to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. We're talking about the beauty of holiness. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. You remember the book of Revelation, chapter 4, it says that the angels rest not day and night, and they cry, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And they had just seen the picture of God sitting on the throne. God wasn't out in the pasture. God wasn't on the forklift. God wasn't in the warehouse. God wasn't in, in the office somewhere. God is on the throne. And God is on the throne then. God is on the throne tonight. God is on the throne forever and ever and ever. That's why the angels never take a break. They never take vacation. There's 24, 24, 7, 7, no stop. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And how many times have they said it since we've been in here tonight? And I just imagine that going on. That's the beauty of holiness. God is on the throne and he's inviting us to come by the spirit of holiness onto the way of holiness to have the beauty of holiness in worship. Hallelujah. Well, I want to say I'm, I'm not preaching tonight about a, the ability to uh, escape sin um, I, or we're not being kept from sin, but we do have the ability to live in victory. Um, we're not exempt from conflict, but we do have the, the uh, assurance to, to live in victory in that. So in summary, we talked about the, the spirit of holiness and the way of holiness, and the beauty of holiness. And so let's bring some summary. Empowerment to see, I'm just saying holiness is this. Holiness is the empowerment to see and do from the heart what God requires to be acceptable unto Him. And so I have to ask this, maybe you want to get that. Holiness is empowerment to see and do from the heart, what God requires. I just think, I've got to get something simple for me. To see and do from the heart what God requires. And so I just, in, in bringing this down to closure tonight, ask yourself, am I set apart? So am I really set apart? Where do I find myself? I'm getting ready to go into these meetings. Not a nail. Not one nail. Is there a nail? Am I really set apart? What about it? What about my thought life? Are you really set apart in your thought life? Where have your thoughts been just in the last week? Maybe the last day. You see, when we talk about one nail, just one nail... It could be one thought. You just hang his stuff. What about your thought life? What about your eyes? What have you looked at? What do you see when you see what you see? What about that? What about your words? What are you saying? If you listen to yourself talk, or did you ever think, oh, I hope that phone was off? 
the way I just talked to my wife. Would you send someone a WhatsApp when I was saying what I was saying? What about your heart? How is your heart? What about your hands? Just the things that you do with your hands. Talk about holy hands. Are they really, really holy? What about your feet? The places you go, the things you, um, the, the paths that you find your feet going in. Do you have any unconfessed sin? Do you have suicidal thoughts that's never been confessed? Do you have pride that's unconfessed? What about holiness? Where would these things stand in holiness? Do you have any sexual uncleanness inside, outside? We're talking about Jesus Christ looking through the, the windows tonight with eyes of holy fire. Uh, what about living a lie? Are you really, are you living one way on Sunday, living another way at Bible study, uh, another way at homes on purpose, but deep inside, I'm really struggling. Am I unrepentant? I know I need to repent, but I'm just struggling to get there. And by the way, on witnessing, I, I just, that's just, that's another whole league for, for somebody else. I'm just not there. And so I have some addictions, but they could be worse. Uh, what, what, where will these things stand in the light of holiness? And so... What's your heart like tonight? There's a black heart there. You know, any, any heart that's, that's not set apart from God is a black heart. But we've talked tonight about the spirit of holiness can raise that up and the, bring us to the way of holiness, every single one of us, so that that heart, we can have a white heart. And so here it is, as we bring summary, you know, here is a family, and what we talk about often is how that that in holiness, God puts an umbrella. The man of the house is like a man that holds an umbrella of protection. His heart is to be connected with the holy God. And this man goes to the holy place, to the holy one, and his influence and his sphere and his love and his care and his gentleman and his gentleness and his passion spreads out over his family like an umbrella and all of us know that uh, there can be uh, uh, problems and it doesn't always work the way that that we think that it should and just just imagine tonight uh, Judy, you, you come up here if you would. And just imagine tonight that, that here I am as, as a man and, and this is my wife. And, and I, I uh, am going to, she's trusting me for, this way. How do you get this thing on? Oh, this way, yeah. Yeah, there. So she's trusting me for, for uh, spiritual protection, spiritual leadership. As the reign of the evil one is just present continually, and she's trusting me as a leader to be this man for her, 
to be this one with passion, to be this one of covering, to be this one that's been in the spirit of holiness, to be this one that's in the way of holiness, to be this one that's in the beauty of holiness so that she can thrive, so that she can, she can uh, uh, prosper and so forth. Now just imagine that all of a sudden I say, you know something, I am just, uh, I, I don't care about that nail, that one nail. I don't care about that at all. And you know, all those lies, I don't care about that. I don't care about personal holiness. Uh, you know, this whole thing about being uh, separate and on the narrow way, that, that's some old-fashioned stuff. And you know, just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And uh, that thing of the beauty of holiness. And pretty soon, you know, I, I say, it doesn't really matter if I get angry now and then. The Lord understands all of that. And uh, pretty soon, uh, my addictions, you know, uh, I can do that. She doesn't know much about it. It doesn't really matter about the foundations, uh, the spirit of holiness. That's just a, a sermon we heard. Uh, you know, we can get through that. And uh, this whole thing of, uh, uh, you know, pride, that doesn't really matter. Now, just imagine what this is like. And so here I am. I wish I, I don't know if this will work or not. Yeah, I can't kind of, you know. So you put that up there and look what that umbrella is. It's got some holes in it. Well, you probably can't see back there. But anyway, this thing's got holes in it. Now imagine, oh, my sweet little one. Oh, I love you so much. Now imagine what this is, what this does to our wives. Imagine what our wives are exposed to when we're on all that excited about holiness and possessing holiness, and, and she's, getting, she's getting what? She's getting drenched. The spirit of holiness. Okay, you can go. And I just want you, just, just think about this tonight. You just look at these holes. If, 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 if I was an umbrella tonight, like I've described, what would it look like? You men tonight, do you see any of these holes? That would be you. Would any of these holes be your umbrella? You think sometimes your wife is a little hard to deal with. Maybe sometimes the children are just not what they should be. You think. Have you ever just stopped and looked at your umbrella? And say, you know what? Am I really of holiness? Am I really set apart for God? What about your umbrella tonight? What does it look like? And so often in, um, in our world, you know, it, it's easy to come up with all kinds of, of uh, good sounding things. But the reality is this, that when we, um, when we are not in the spirit of holiness, the way of holiness, our, when the enemy is, is raining down upon us, our children, our families are getting are getting soaked. They're, they're getting touched. They're getting affected. Um, it, it is even the man is affected and, and all the families are affected. It's a very serious thing to just discount holiness, to think about the things that's going on in our world today. I think fathers would need double protection, double holiness. I understand there's no such thing as that. When you're holy, you're holy, you're holy, you're holy. Holy, holy. But the good news is tonight is that God always provides that way, that way of, of salvation, that way that, that he says you can, you can repent of your sins. Uh, 
And God heals. God forgives. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What I'm willing to do is, as Solomon did, humble myself and pray and confess and seek His face. He says, I'll heal your land. I'll forgive your sins. You can come to me. You can trust me. I am the Lord. I am the Lord that heals. I am the Lord, and I will heal you for my namesake. So God doesn't leave us at a place tonight where we cannot find healing. He brings us to a place of purpose. He brings us our homes to a place of purpose. He brings me to a place of purpose that I can have purpose. And I'm just going to ask you to, to uh, stand. Uh, you want to stand? You can just stand, uh, those of you that can. And I don't know where you found yourself tonight. If, if uh, you're ready to start this week and uh, you say, you know, Lord, I found a nail tonight. I know where that nail is. Maybe it wasn't just one nail. Maybe it's more than one nail. Um, Lord, you know, tonight I have just seen this umbrella, and I've seen me. Um, maybe, maybe I have some of those um, holes in my umbrella tonight. And also seen, Lord, that you're able to heal. If I confess my sins, you're faithful to forgive us our sins. I've heard tonight, Lord, about the spirit of holiness that can raise me up, 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 all the way where I can be on that way of holiness by our, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads directly to your heart. I can be there tonight. And Lord, and then I can enter and live and flow and go and be dynamic in the beauty of holiness. And Lord, tonight, if I find I'm not there, if there's anybody that, that you want to come, you want to confess, you want to pray, you come forward, I'll pray over you. Uh, we will just invite the Lord to do healing, to do, I don't want anybody to feel forced. I don't want anybody to slip out. I just want to be available. That if somebody says, Lord, tonight, I, I want healing. I need confession. I, I need to get uh, the spirit of holiness to flow over me. Uh, if that's you tonight, you come on up and we will pray. <laughs>